Hello and welcome to the Renwick Centre podcast. Today we speak to Linnell Campbell, a numeracy consultant with training in special education. She shares her thoughts with us on being a maths person and why it's all a matter of numeracy education. We hope you enjoy. Hello, my name's Trudy Smith. Welcome to the Renwick Centre podcast and today we've got Linnell Campbell with us, one of our presenters who's coming up in September. Linnell, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So hi Trudy. Well, I'm a numeracy consultant with special education training and a research background in numeracy and number sense. So I started out as a primary school teacher, but I never felt I was able to meet the needs of the range of students in my color in my class. So I was always about concerned about the students sort of on the edge and particularly the ones that were struggling. So because I wanted to help them have success at school, but I didn't feel that I'd sort of got enough training as a primary teacher, I went off and did special ed. So that launched me onto a career sort of helping students with learning difficulties and disabilities uh, for many years. And then, you know, being a um, beggar for punishment, I suppose, I decided I wanted to do some more studies. So I did a master's research in, of all things, numeracy. And I didn't consider myself sort of a numeracy person. I was quite into literacy, I thought. So that's been a really interesting journey for me. So for the last 10 years, it's been all about maths and numeracy. Thank you. You call yourself a numeracy consultant and not a maths consultant. Is there a difference? Well, yeah, that was a big journey for me to go on to sort of explain that to people. And what I've learned around that is that maths is often associated with the subject and all the content and the body of knowledge of formulas, algorithms and procedures to follow. Whereas I wanted to help people to be able to use their maths with everyday life problems and that's numeracy. So I found that by actually explaining that uh, it actually helps people get that aha oh so maths is about applying to real world problems and it's it's been a really interesting journey to take teachers on and they've really appreciated I think it takes the pressure down for them as well yeah now people like me we don't like maths I definitely don't consider myself a maths person do some people just get maths because they're born with maths brains and people like me just weren't (laughs) I know that's often what people think, but actually there is no such thing as a person that's born with maths brains. Uh, I know I've probably thought that myself up until I've done far more research in this area. And recent research is showing us that all students can learn maths and develop numeracy if they're taught with very effective strategies. And I know I didn't think I was a maths person because I was—I had this sort of stereotypical image of what a maths person was, you know, someone that did Sudoku in their spare time or they just loved solving maths problems with big long formulas, you know, that would fill up a whole wall of blackboard space, you know, like you see in the movies. Uh, and I thought, no, that's not me. I'm not a maths person. But here's the real definition of a maths person. Number one, do maths. Number two, be a person. <laughs> that makes you a maths person. So so that actually takes a lot of us in. You know, most of us have to do maths in our everyday life, which is, you know, what I do when I'm unpacking numeracy. Is um, think about what did you do today that involved maths? Well, there are, you're a maths person. So it doesn't really matter if we classify ourselves or someone else as a maths person or not. Well, 
it actually is causing a lot of problems that people think that there are those that are maths people. And therefore, if, if you think, well, I'm not a maths person, you'll actually, you'll give up as soon as it gets hard. And that, that's been what's happened in the past is that we believe, oh, as soon as you struggle in maths, that must mean it's because you're not a maths person. And so parents will tell their kids, oh, that's okay if you're struggling with maths because I struggled with maths. I'm not a maths person. And, and we've even had teachers who will say to the students, oh, well, you're not really a maths person. And I've, I've been collecting uh, stories over the years that I've been doing this role. And they're quite sad stories, really, of sometimes teachers have said to students, you know, you really shouldn't be in my class. I don't know what you're doing in my class. Oh. You should go back to, you know, I've, I've heard a story recently this year of a grade seven student who was told, you're, you should go back to kindy. And um, I think that's horrifying. Unfortunate, <laughs> those stories are happening. Uh, that, was un that was only a, a handful of years ago that that was actually told to a student, which I was surprised at because I thought those stories might be in the dinosaur era. I was certainly told that I wasn't a maths person and I certainly have believed that wholeheartedly until I met you. <laughs> and so what can we do to help students you know, get maths or become more numerate? Yeah. Well, I think there's a few things. And um, first of all, we have to believe in them and help them believe in themselves. And I think um, that, so that's that whole belief system of, are you a maths person or not? So we've got to throw that out. We've got to, we've got to challenge that. If we, if we hear the students saying it, we've got to challenge it, what we believe as teachers. Um, because I, a big focus I have now with teachers is encouraging them to believe in their students because if you do believe, you're going to go on a hunt to find effective strategies. But if you've actually fallen into this trap of, um, well, they, they don't have a maths brain, so therefore you will just go down a very narrow path of strategies and not believe that anything's going to work anyway so why would you try so yeah number one we've got to challenge any beliefs we have that might put people into a box of maths people or not maths people uh, number two I think we've got to develop our knowledge about maths as a connected subject of content and how it connects to real life which that's that numeracy aspect uh, that that's quite a big point like you know that would probably take all day to unpack what that actually means. But I know a lot of teachers struggle with, they'll often say to me, there's so much to cover when they've got to get through the curriculum or, or the syllabus documents. And I've, one of the reasons or one of the ways to help that is starting to see all the connections between the different strands instead of just seeing them all in silos, start to see how they can all be connected and also how can they connect to real life. So that's a, um, a lot to unpack there. But another point I think can help students get maths is to give them the level of extra support they need at the right time and as early as possible. Um, as people will know, if students, you know, we're starting to get to grade four and they're getting behind, it's, it's 
pretty difficult to catch them up. I recognise that. So there's a lot of research on the importance of early intervention in um, and I don't, if you know that the uh, RTI model, the response to intervention, that's really powerfully effective. So I think that's uh, something to consider on how to help students get maths. Um, my research, uh, the fourth point I wanted to just mention was help them develop their number sense. Mm -hmm. That's what I did my master's research on, on that. And if anybody has ever heard me, they'll, they'll know I do a lot of PD on number sense so that's really good stuff yeah. <laughs> love talking about it <laughs> and, and and given that we are a, a, a podcast that focuses specifically on sensory disability and and your area of, of recent focus has been on students who are deaf and hard of hearing are there is there any research or, or thinking around teaching numeracy for those dhh students well i actually haven't come across anything that's specific to those students but i'm Welcome to if 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 student uh, teachers listening to this have got that their hands on that, I'd love them to um, let me know. But what I have found, because I have worked with a lot of teachers and students with hearing disability, um, is that the research on how children learn maths and the effective strategies that we use for the range of students that may not be specific to hearing loss has has still worked. And that's been exciting to, to find that out uh, with the teachers and the students that I've worked with. So one of the areas that we did look at, because we do know that students with hearing loss will often have a language disability because of the hearing loss. So working on how to help them quite explicitly with language development is really helpful. And so just think of some of the words that students might get confused with between everyday language and the language of maths. So I've been starting to make a list, which I'm really looking forward to working with teachers over time and developing this list. Just so here's the first one, like round. When a child first heard, hears this, round just means a circle. Sort round of and round. We always yeah. talk about this with babies. Yep. But suddenly in maths class, at some stage, we're talking about round the number to the nearest. It's like, what does that mean? Like suddenly it's got a whole new meaning or big. I know I've had a lot of discussions with the teachers, with the students, with Oz, who were doing Auslan, is that the sign language for Auslan for big is only ever in relation to size. Um, so which as this in the size of an object, mm -hmm. which is actually the same for students um, with, with hearing as they're developing, when they say big, it's always about the size of something and suddenly in grade kindergarten uh, the first year of formal school we start talking about big numbers mm, you're right and we have a completely different meaning for that or small numbers and it's quite confusing so we're still talking that through with the teachers of uh, Auslan as to how can we help with that that the signing of that and um it's yep. the way we transmit that, that, that concept. Yeah, but it, it's tricky for, for all students to develop. Um, uh, change, when we're talking about change, you, you know, are we talking about a noun or a verb? In, in maths and money, we're talking about getting the, the, 
the change from money in a transaction. Uh, product is something you buy, but in the maths classroom, it's the answer of a multiplication. Yeah. And there's more, there's just so many over, and, but when we're um, fluent with maths language, we don't realize what, with what could be tripping the students up. So it's really helpful to start pulling all that to bits and helping teachers of students with hearing disability to start teaching those quite explicitly, just like they do with any other language. So I find the teachers of um, students with hearing disability are fantastic at doing it. I just add that layer of let's have a look at how that works in the maths classroom. So it's really about being quite metacognitive about when a student displays confusion, is it the language that they're confused about or the concept? So it's having yes. to really dig deeper into where the, the misunderstanding, just like when we're teaching all students who are deaf and hard of hearing, it's, we, we, we have to carry this across to maths as well. That's right. And it's, it's, uh, I've found the teachers who've started to work in that quite explicit way and actually teach the maths language prior to launching into um, the content that uses that maths language that's really helped and then the repetition make sure we go over that again and again and again and what we've done is link that to number sense uh, and and help them with all the maths language that's around the number sense there's a, that I alluded to earlier the whole the big numbers and the little numbers what does that mean then we need to have concrete materials visual models Yep. as well as the symbolic and then that all helps the students to get it and that's what I'm on about helping students to get maths so that they can become numerate and use it in the real life. And look I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being with you you're spending a day with us on the 11th of September to to try and help us all become maths people so that we can then help our students to become maths people. That's right. I'm looking forward to sharing. We've got a, a really great day planned to help to be as practical as possible. I'm really um, believe that we've got, there's a beautiful research out there, but sometimes it can be hard to dig through. So I like to make it practical. And we are so looking forward to that, Linnell. So thank you for this little teaser and, and, and certainly changing my mind about whether perhaps I could be a maths person. Mm. You just never know. So Definitely. thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Trudy. A big thank you to Linnell for speaking with us today. Linnell will be joining us at the Taking Research into Classroom Practice, Practical Applications of Effective Numeracy Instruction for Students with Hearing Loss course, which is taking place on 11th of September at the RIDBC Rennick Centre. Information about this course will be linked in the description of this podcast episode.